This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing. I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. It's the first one of 2024. I'm Billy Mully, joined today by Jamie Castle and Aaron Robertson. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Happy New Year all. Um, back to London, back to the routine, back to work, um, back to the grind, back to, to, to podding after a, a, a sort of a, a reduced schedule over the Christmas break. Um Looking forward to the year ahead, hopefully a full year of Premier League football, not just six months. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes over the next month or two. Some, some big games coming up um, and a big cup tie too. It's the January hangover, Kieran. We had the festive period full of fixtures every three or four days and now not very many going on going into January. What, just the two in the Premier League and then obviously the FA Cup tie that we'll talk about today. But how are you? Yeah, not bad. I mean, you talk about barely any football in January. I'm off to Holland next week, um, hopefully to film a feature on the Luton and Go Ahead Eagles link as well. Big plug there for the Oak Road Hatter YouTube, soon to come. But that is one of three games I'm watching in three days in Holland. Um, I love my Dutch football. Those that follow me on Twitter know that, Like whether it's PSV or just the Eredivisie as a whole, I speak really highly of it. It's a lot of football for me. And whilst there's those three games in three days, I am at Bolton on Sunday. If that's obviously a win, then that puts keeps the Burnley game on the Monday night. And if the Burnley game stays on a Monday night, well, well, well. Might be four games in four days. Watch this space. 
We've got a lot on the show today, starting with Saturday's 3-2 defeat against Chelsea. Obviously, the January transfer window is now open. Rumours are absolutely flying as to be expected. And then, as Kieran mentioned, then we've got Bolton in the third round of the FA Cup on Sunday. A lot to pack in, but as we mentioned, we'll start with Chelsea. Found ourselves 3-0 down, clawed it back to 3-2. Plenty of chances to, to well, say level the game, but but I think those were before the, the second goal. But we created a lot. Um, I think, again, we, we showed ourselves in a fantastic light. Um, but I think the best place to start, Jamie, was the goals conceded. Um, and I think when we mention goals in isolation, um, when we break them down, when we've got the, the luxury of going back through them, you can always sort of pick out the errors. But do you think looking at sort of Madueke's, um goal, which was the second one, Cole Palmer's opener, would you say goals were conceded too easily? Were we hit by a bit of quality or, or do you see that as a bit of both? Yeah, I mean, I was incredibly quiet, almost silent for 60 minutes, 70 minutes on Saturday. Um, and when when that's the case, those that are close to me know that I'm that, 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 that's because I'm very annoyed in terms of the performance. Um, yeah, I think way too easily. Uh, and, and, and Rob said after the game that it, it was one of the best he's, he's seen his side play. And I mean, I, I, I can get what he means for the last 20 minutes. I thought we were we were brilliant but yeah the, the first 60 you can't be conceding three goals and giving Chelsea a free goal head start and expect to come back and get anything from the game um so it was too little too late um we just weren't quite as comfortable in possession I've been mean, okay it's Chelsea but there's there's been some times where we've managed to play through a press before because we didn't quite do that defensively too many mistakes I mean for the first Kaborway basically laid it on a plate for Palmer who then finished beyond Kaminsky um, and on the second goal, Madureke, I think, had Bell sort of left, right, left, right, and then managed to, to stick it in the, in, in the top corner. Both obviously great finishes, so you can't take too much away from that, but there's so much more we can do, that we can be doing better. And then when you think it can't get much worse, you go in at half-time thinking if we get the first goal, then who knows, we can come back and get get a, get a point or, or three. Then you make a mistake and let Cole Palmer beat Kaminsky and make it 3-0. Um, so incredibly, like, it was like so frustrating. Um, and yeah, I was I was quiet until we, we, we finally got that that goal back. And then from there on in, I thought we were amazing. Um, so a lot to, to work on defensively. I, I, I mean, we should, I wouldn't say it's a concern, but I thought we had turned a bit of a corner, um, albeit, okay, we lost, uh, we, we let in four against Arsenal, but I think other than that, we, we we've been been fairly okay. Um, again, Sheffield United, I think we just two two crazy goals. That's just football. That that they're they're ridiculous goals. But in terms of Chelsea, the the, the way that they managed to almost carve us open a bit too bit too easily. Um, so one to work on. But yeah, we got got a, a a good game to come back to on on Saturday in terms of the Bolton game. So hopefully we can make amends and get that second clean sheet of the season. Kieran, we found ourselves 2-0 down at half-time, 3-0 when Cole Palmer grabbed his second. I don't know about you, but during that period of time, it felt very weird because I didn't 
I didn't feel down and out at any point. I still felt there was a lot of life in the game. Um, as Jamie mentioned, I think for large parts of the game, we did struggle. But I don't know, there's something about us now. A never say die attitude. I know we've had that all the time, but but when you add the quality that we've got, it didn't ever seem, even at 3-0, that we were fully out the game. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I was sort of... One of the things I remember I put in the group chat, actually, to us a lot when they obviously scored their third goal. I was like, we've been on top since that goal and they've done nothing. Like it was, I was sat there after 65 minutes, kind of like the first goal we've given them. The second goal, they've literally played two passes. And in fairness, I think the set, their second goal was the best of the three. Well, actually, no, because Palmer's third goal was very good. But in how he, how he got the chance, just too easy, like straight down the middle. And you're sat there like, and there is a part of you that's like, do you know what? How the could we three nil down because I was just sat there thinking we're not playing against a really impressive side like if we were playing Man City they'd have cut us open for three goals more than likely and you'd sit there and be at three nil down and go do you know what fine but I was like every single goal that went in I was just like like Jamie said he was sat there in silence I was just frustrated and I was like we're just giving it to them like we're not even making them work hard for it and it showed in the fact that like you said we didn't give up because we came back and quite frankly should have fucking won the game. If that game goes on for another four minutes when we should have had that extra time, how it was only six minutes, I'd it's anyone's guess. We'd have got a point out of that minimum. And it just shows the amount of pressure that we put them under. That a team like Chelsea Cave, I said before the game, and in fact I'm fairly certain I said on the last podcast, they're a confidence team. And the second you stick it on them, they don't want it. What look exactly what happened when we actually do you know what went ah well we're three 0 down now we've got nothing to lose we'll stick it on them why are we stick why are we waiting till we're three 0 down to stick it on them like Jamie said a minute ago we've been so good at beating a press you look at Liverpool who are known for a Gengen press and we bossed them for ninety four minutes so why are we letting Chelsea have their way with us I don't know if it's just like they're our bogey side it was just frustrating to watch but yeah you can take pride in the fact that we got we had a bit of a fight back and yes we scored two goals and yes we should have had another two if they didn't hit the crossbar and it was rather unfortunate and another day they go in but there's just a little bit of me that feels like it was a wasted opportunity there like we gave them their goals too easily the chances we had we just couldn't quite convert them apart from two and we just didn't stick it on them enough Thiago Silva had the easiest day in the world like he's world class, but he's forty, and I just wanted to see Eli just stick it on him, and it just it wasn't happening. As you said, though, we we found a way. I say back into the game, but but back into contention. Two goals hit the post, hit the bar twice. Had a goal ruled out for for being marginally offside. Do you think, Jamie, we take a lot of confidence from that? The fact that we did manage to you know, bombard a Chelsea team that, that might not be performing um, as well as the budget would suggest, but a team with world-class players. Um, the fact that we were able to get at them continually in that last sort of 15 minutes, win our individual battles, get beyond them, get crosses into the box. Do you think we could take a lot of confidence from that going into, you know, the rest of the season, a big battle? Yeah, of course we can, but that's what Luton Town do. I mean, we did, we've done it against Arsenal, City, and Liverpool in the space of a few weeks. We we closed that gap between bags and riches, and 
there was no reason why we couldn't do it against Chelsea. So, I mean, I wasn't surprised by that last half hour. Like, I, I, that's what I was expecting from most of the game, albeit, okay, not not as, as quick fire in terms of chances and goals, but over the course of a 90 minutes, I expected that that was what the game was going to be. Um, so, yeah, left it a little too, little too late. But in the end, if... If if we had probably an extra couple couple of minutes five five ten minutes, I I think we would have got a third and, and made it three three. Um, she say offside. Afdawi didn't didn't watch it back, but it seemed at the time. I think even before it went in, I thought thought it was, he was marginally off. Um, crossbar twice. Eli probably should have scored the one where it just hits him and he goes on goes on the crossbar. Um, two good goals. Um, yeah, you can obviously can can take lots of confidence, but as we've said before that that run of games where we got points we need to start turning performances into points um and especially in these next two games Burnley and Brighton um so confidence for sure but we've taken confidence all season it's now trying to stop that happening again not not letting teams have three goals head starts because if we if we do that a few too many times then we'll just fall a bit short um but Edwards knows that the players know that, as you say, like we've got some great character to fight back, like, as, we did, as we did against Sheffield United, to manage to fight back like, like we did against Chelsea, but obviously fall just a little bit too short in the end. Um, yeah, it shows to the fans, especially if if we do go a goal down or two one down or even two 0 down, then don't don't sort of lose hope yet because I think well, it, it's it's proven that we can turn it around. So that's more of a message to the fans that. Yeah, just just stay in it for the team, no matter what we season, and and hopefully we'll we'll get there and and do enough. And Kieran, I think Saturday again displayed the kind of depth that we've got within the ranks. We we brought on Chong, who I thought had a fantastic game when he came on. I think um, some of the balls he put into the box, some of the turns, um, just some of the positions he picked up as well, very very impressive and, and caused all sorts of problems. Uh, or Bene, I think he was a little bit quieter. Um, didn't really have Colwell on toast like he's had pretty much every other defender he's come up against um, this season. But he still created good moments. Um, Morris again, proven to be a handful and, and impressive on the ball. That attacking depth is frightening, really. Um, we, we speak about the January transfer window, what we can do, what we sort of want to do as fans. But you look at the forward line you look at the the three players we've got on the bench you think you know and the proofs in the pudding that 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 continues to cause all sorts of teams all sorts of problems i was incredibly impressed with sahif chong on saturday like there was we saw at the start of the season we saw edwards try and play him in midfield and you could sort of see you could see what he was trying to do but it wasn't quite there. And then he put him on the left, obviously on the weekend. And it just offered that little bit different where Brown wouldn't drop into those pockets of space. And Chong essentially would become the third midfielder in offering Alfie Doughty, one, that extra bit of space. But two, that killer ball. That was the difference between him and Brown was... Not that Brown isn't good and he has his different qualities, but that those qualities just weren't needed or weren't working on Saturday. You bring in Chong, who gives Gusto something different to think about, because every time Gusto pushed up the pitch, he left himself open to that ball. And it happened so frequently at 3-0 down. 
the amount of times that Chong would drop, turn, bang, and that ball's played in. And Gusto all of a sudden having the charge back just to even get a, a sniff at making that ball. Nine times out of ten, he wasn't. But it gave Doughty that extra bit of space to run into because he's not running into someone. He's not always having to overlap a player. Chong would just come into midfield, offer an outlet for Barkley or Lokonga, again, encouraging their own movement because when Chong's in midfield, Lokonga was then able to just drop in a little bit. I really like that because he would almost sit between centre-backs. Again, giving that width again, when we went 4-2-3-1 and had Morris and Eli and Obene and Chong all up front, like that for me was a game-changer. And I was saying sort of on Twitter this week, attacking-wise, we're fine. We have those game changers. Chong and Obene proved that. If they don't start, they can be game changers and can be influential off the bench. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it in our sort of transfer window roundup. We are just lacking that defensive game changer. That That's the big thing for me. And obviously, as we're going to speak about, it's going to be a big priority. Let's get on to the transfer rumours uh, that there's... You know, only been a couple of days of it so far. There's been a fair few names. Well, I say a fair few names. There's two names that have been linked over the last couple of days. There's another name that, that continues to be thrown around on, on Twitter and, and various other outlets. Um, we'll start with that name. That's Oscar Zambrano, 19-year-old um, Ecuadorian midfielder that, that's been linked for a fair while. Um, compared to Moises Casado, a lot of positive things coming from Ecuador. There's been reports from Alan Nixon um, of the Sun for, for a while, um, suggesting that he's been on our radar and, and providing different updates. I think his latest update was on Sunday, saying that, that there's an agency being brought in to try and help negotiate a deal. It sounds a very difficult deal to, to, comp uh, to complete for, for many different reasons. But since then, there's been an update from Ecuadorian journalist Starling Cabina. says he will not join Luton Town. His destiny is another Premier League club. Um, I think speaking to both of you off air, this seems one that just has plenty of different turns. There's you know, a lot of moving parts when, it, when, you, when you look at it. Um, but to be able to sign a player who's you know, been on the radar of Barcelona, I think it is, a, a few other Premier League clubs. It just shows you how we are moving and how we're continuing to evolve, uh, whether the deal gets done or not, to, to be shopping in these markets with these giant clubs. Um, it, it is just a signal of, of how much we've advanced from a recruitment kind of perspective, Jamie. And, you know, this Zambrano, it's hard to go into what he will bring because he's, he's, he's a Unknown, unknown entity at this point. But you look at it and think it'd be exciting one to complete given, I, I guess, the general interest that, that's already in there for him. Yeah, for sure. And I guess props go to the scouting and analytics department in terms of looking at these sort of targets. And there's not a single Luton fan out there that will know a lot about this this player, about how he plays, how good he is. Um but nonetheless, it's still fairly exciting given South America, the songs and the flags that could come with it. Um, and given, I guess, how persistent the rumours are, gives it an element of um, 
likeliness. I mean, yeah, there's been so many angles. So I'm not going to comment on any of the, any of the angles because I've not got a clue. Um, and who knows how it's going to end up. Um, certainly, a position that I think we should be looking at. Marv's injured. Not sure how long for, but torn meniscus doesn't sound too good. Probably best part of two months or more. Um, so s- certainly going to be missing for the next. 10 games I guess with with what are 20 what 20 to go um so I could certainly do with some central midfield cover especially if it's a bit more of a long-term move like some Bruno who's yeah 19 years old who knows if he's going to be the next Moises Caicedo but even if he's half the player then I think it's 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 worth a shot at five million quid um so yeah I hope it's one that we go over the line shows our ambition um and yeah, I, I, I can't wait to make him make another eighty million pound off him in in two years' time. Let's go on to one of the rumours that have surfaced today. That is well, one that's that's resurfaced in Jaffit Tanganga. He's a player that was linked in the summer. Uh, eventually, went on loan to German outfit Augsburg and hasn't played a minute of Bundesliga football because of an injury. He's been linked again. Um, I think looking at our defensive department, there are a lot of injuries there. Um, it's, it's a really difficult one to, to fully break down because you'd expect it to be alone. Um, I don't know if you two agree, but my my eyes, if we were going for Tanganga, it would be alone, especially in January where prices are amplified. But then that would involve having to send back one of our current Premier League loan players. Um, so in my eyes, this one that, that probably is too difficult to, to make happen, but a player that's clearly highly rated by, by our, our scouting and recruitment department. Um, and, and a player that maybe might be on our radar for, for windows to come. Is that what you think, Kieran? I See, when I saw it earlier, my first thought was, obviously, there was a lot of comments already on our post before I'd even seen it, actually. Sort of just being like, you know, he's injured, hasn't played a minute, da 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 So then my first thought was, I think that link is more of a view to the summer as opposed to now. Obviously, if he's injured now... Not being funny, we've got enough injured center off, so don't really want another one, quite frankly. And it like we haven't got the loan spot for it either, so that's the other thing to overcome. Um, for me, he'd be a good future signing, though. I think <clears throat> the fact that Tottenham were looking to loan him out anyway, he's not played, and I think judging by the rumor, Tottenham are looking to just offload it, it wouldn't surprise me. And I know that when we spoke about him in the summer, we were very much like, ah, what do you reckon? Eight to 10 million, probably. They'd, they'd go, yeah, fine, chuck it. Get to the summer on the other hand, they might go five, fancy five million. They'll go, maybe. Um, and in that case, let's say if we stayed up again, that's then another evolution of our centre-halves and building a strong Premier League side. Equally, if we go down, that is by far and large, a top-level championship centre-half. He's no Cameron Carter-Vickers, but who knows? Might do a job. Funnily enough, Kieran, you mentioned Cameron Carter-Vickers. There's um, a Celtic teammate of his that is supposedly on the Lutetown radar. I say supposedly, reportedly. Um, coming from Sky Sports, Matt O'Reilly 
is um, a player that quote marks Luton have sort of long-term interest in. He's a player, um, he's, he's a weird player because of course he's, um, as, as the post we put out, he's Hounslow born. So London born, represents Denmark um, on the on the national scale um, and also played uh, up the M1 for, for MK. It's a real weird career path and, you know, on the national scale as well, but a player of, of high quality proved that for, for MK and then he's gone on to Celtic and, and has continued that upward trajectory. Um, Jamie, what do you think about about uh, Matt O'Reilly? Obviously, what, what we've put out as well is that, that, that there are a fair few teams that have been monitoring him and, and you kind of expect that when a player has performed as well as they've done in uh, at Celtic, typically have a lot of eyes on that club. What do you think of Matt O'Reilly, the prospect to sign him and, and you know, probably the, the competition that we expect to be there for him if we were to, to strengthen our interest? I mean, as a player, it's certainly someone that I would, I would love to have. Um, I think he's got something that we probably don't have in the squad at the minute. Um, and if we're looking to offload someone like Luke Berry, then I think he fills that void perfectly well and is a massive upgrade on 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 Luke Berry, despite how much I love Luke Berry. Um, but I feel a little bit to me like the ship may have sailed. I think, yeah, long-term admirers. But I think for me that that time to buy him was when Sarek got him for around two million quid. Um, I I would be surprised if he goes for less than 10 now. I think he's Premier League midfielder in the making. Um, future Denmark international. I, I, yeah, I think he's, at, at this point in time, hard, hard to say, but got a future higher than us at the minute. Um, if it happens, then wow, what what a signing to add to the midfield with, with Barkley and the Congo. And hopefully when, when he's back fit in the camber, um, Great signing, but I think at this stage I don't see too much in it. Um, I think admirers at best, if I'm being honest. And that same Sky Sports article it sort of alluded to the fact that a central defensive signing, in line with the Tanganga line, um, is something of a priority going into this January window. Also, also mentioned that the loan options seem to be what we're what we're intending to do more. But of course, I think you're at a stage here where, where you're sort of open to, to anything. Let's go on to a, I say potential outgoing, but for it to be an outgoing, it'll have to be a return. That is Joe Taylor currently at Colchester United. There's been he- very heavy rumours. It might have even been confirmed by now, um, but that he will be recalled from his loan spell at Colchester. Colchester really struggled um, at the start of this season but Joe Taylor hasn't he's been on fire 12 goals in 27 games a player that, that you just have to scroll through social media to to realise he's had a very productive spell and, and that's even outside the just the goals he's scored there's a report from Football Insider saying that half of League One are interested in and I think with the goal scoring record he's posted that's no real surprise um, teams actually in the article that have been credited with an interest. Bolton, who of course we play Sunday. Um, there were also Oxford um, and I think it was Portsmouth. I might have been wrong with Portsmouth, but but I think you've got a 50-50 chance when half of the teams in the division won him. 
what do you think to to Joe Taylor, a player that that won our hearts at Wembley, scoring that goal that that um, never was, and obviously stepping up to take the second or third penalty, whatever it was. Um, obviously impressed in League Two, and now you know Luton will have their pick when it comes to which League One club they want him to progress at, if that is what they opt to do. Kieran, what do you think on this Joe Taylor situation? I think it says a lot of how well he's done at Colu in the fact that he's standing out in a team that are stinking out in 22nd place in League Two. And that sounds really horrible. I did not realise they were that low down, obviously, because all you hear about is Joe Taylor's goals. Like, I don't exactly pay attention to Colu as a team. And then, obviously, I saw earlier, he sat the manager. I was like, all right, that's really bizarre. Where are... Oh, oh, okay, fine. Um, Which is then... It's more surprising. I'm surprised we've recalled him because I was quite a big advocate of keep him in the same environment and he'll progress really well. Equally, if you've now got top-end League One clubs, like every club that you just named then, Bolton, Portsmouth, Oxford, they're all in the top six and they're all fighting for the top two. And more than likely, Bolton will go up. I firmly believe Portsmouth, will, it'll be their year. And then you've got one more in there. Derby don't need him. Peterborough fine. Yeah, I think Oxford for me, out of those, and I'm not just saying that because I'm an hour away and I can do a little scout report, but I think that probably would be a suited move for him. It's a good test as well, like to go from a bottom-end League 2 side fighting relegation to a top-end promotion-chasing League 1 team. The only concern for me is then okay, but how badly do you need him and how often is he going to play? Like, is he going to be an impact player to a high-end League One team? Or a team like Oxford looking at him and going, no, you're the difference between us finishing second or sixth. That That's the only sort of wary on the side of caution that I am with that. But other than that, I'm quite happy because I think that shows a really positive loan move to call you to start the season and then hopefully more positivity as he, as he blossoms on almost. And Kira, to be fair, I'm I'm siding with you where I approach this potential move to League One with a bit of caution, given, you know, we've got a player in Louis Watson who, you know, in my eyes is top-end League One, low-end championship in his current form, but has really struggled to pave his way, especially recently, into the team at Cholton. I think Appleton, Michael Appleton, the current manager, has, has said some very weird comments about him. Um, whether he's trying to test him mentally, I don't know. Um, it, it's just it's difficult to know what's best to do. As you say, he's currently doing really well in League Two. Mm. Do you keep him there? Do you allow him to have you know a twenty goal season, which would be massive for confidence? Do you take the gamble of taking him to a club where he's going to be part of a, a forward line that's rotated? Um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to call and I'm sure that's one that, that Luton are, are massively trying to weigh up. We're going to go into a short break of rounding up that transfer roundup. When we're back, we will speak all things Bolton Wanderers.
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for part two of today's episode and we'll look ahead to Sunday's FA Cup fixture against Bolton Wanderers. It's an interesting one because both teams are in a position, I guess, where you you don't really know how important this fixture is. Obviously, every fixture is important, but with with Bolton chasing the League One title, Luton in our relegation battle, um, it remains to be seen how much of a priority the FA Cup will be. But as always, the FA Cup is a fantastic competition, throws out surprises left, right and centre, a competition. Us Luton fans have have, um, enjoyed some fantastic memories in. So it's always important to us fans. Jamie, to you, how big of a priority is it in terms of, you know, will we see a a very strong Luton town team? I know we've got a strong squad and we mentioned the depth there, but do you think, it's an opportunity for Rob to get minutes into players that may be on the fringes of things. Do you think it's an opportunity to instill confidence into, you know, starting 11 that, that we take into the Premier League? What do you see this game as? Well, clearly the Premier League is the bigger priority, right? I think if you were to, if you were to say, would you rather us stay up and lose this game or don't stay up and get to the quarterfinal or whatever, then obviously I would be saying stay up and lose this game. But um, I think it's about time we start to have a bit of a run in these competitions. Um, certainly up until we get the, the sort of the, the tougher ties against the, the 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 bigger sort of top six Premier League teams. Um, I don't think we've really been able to assert our dominance in any cup game against lower league op- opposition for quite some time. Lots of early exits in the league, league cut, for example. Um, so I, I really want us to see us have some impetus in these games. Um, it could do a world of good for confidence, especially to to sort of the, 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 the squad players that aren't getting too many minutes, as you say. I mean, John came on and was excellent against Chelsea, um, but hasn't started too many games and hasn't had too many minutes um in in recent weeks so i would love to see him start even chio right he's coming back from from an injury still and i think it's a good good game to try and get him back up to speed carlton found himself on the bench quite quite a few times so probably one he can start um so yeah i i, I certainly want to go as strong as possible whilst not risking players um i mean we definitely think Barkley should get a rest. Doughty should get a rest. Um, one or two of the centre half should get a rest. Uh, a rest. Osho or Mengi, for example. Um, so it's finding that balance. But I'll be disappointed if we lose this game. I think I think it is a priority. Um, I, I, and yeah, it's about time we got to 
sort of the late stages. Like, why can't we get to a quarter final? Like, can you imagine having someone like Man United at home in a cup quarter final? Like, the Kenny would be, would be rocking. And as as good as this Premier League season has been, to have a game like that, a winnable home tie in a quarter final, like against a big team, atmosphere, like on TV, one off game to get to a Wembley game. Um, I, I really want that. Um, so I don't want to impact the, 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 the Premier League season, but we have to give it all. And Kieran, Jamie's mentioned a couple of players there in, in Chio Chung, um, players that he expects to feature. Players like Tim Krull, uh, Mads Anderson, it'll be good to see them get some minutes. Are there any other players that, that you expect to see play? Um, any players that you want to see play and, and you know push competition levels to the max? It's a tough one because I think if we hadn't have had what we had at Exeter earlier in the season, then I would have said, yeah, you'd go for a massively changed lineup and you'd throw... Pelly and Berry as a midfield two, and you'd have or Benny at right wing back, and probably Bell at left wing back just for shits and gigs, to be honest. But quite frankly, after that Exeter game, I don't think they can afford another disappointment like that. I I could not get over like as I was speaking to you, obviously the week of after that game, I couldn't get over how crap it was. But I don't know if that was because we'd underestimated Exeter or if the players' effort just wasn't there. So for me, I think it's important that we strike a fine balance. It's like, right, let's get some first-teamers in there and keep the momentum for them and keep their minutes up because we've only got Burnley and Brighton in January. So there are players that are still going to need those regular minutes. And it wouldn't surprise me if eight or nine out of the starting 11 are first-team players for that exact reason. Equally, when we get to 60, 65 minutes, don't be surprised if you see a Joe Jacobson, you see a Luke Berry... You see a Barkley come on for 20 instead of the full 90, like in that sense. Jordan Clark will probably start. I would quite like to see a Clark, Berry, Pelly, midfield three, give Barkley and Lukonga a rest because, quite frankly, we really need them and they don't need to be playing against Bolton Wanderers. We need them for Burnley. We need them for Brighton. It's one of those, but equally up top, we'll see a lot of firepower. Morris, Chong, more than likely Brown as well. If I'm honest, that'll probably be our starting three. Keep it strong, but also encourage rotation, encourage some minutes for younger players or encourage less minutes for a couple of first-teamers just so they're still getting a run around. But we're not trying to take the piss and disrespect Bolton by any means. They're second in the league, could be first by the time we play them. Show them a hell of a lot of more respect than we did to Exeter, in my opinion. And Jamie, Kieran's done it again. He He's thought we've signed Joe Jacobson off Wickham. Every time, Kieran. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Oh, I've done it again. But, uh, yeah, no, I get what you mean. after what I saw at Exeter, I would rather have Joe Jacobson, but equally, <laughs> I also wouldn't. So. But Sweet as you me. say, Kieran, it is... Um, if we hadn't have had that disappointment against Exeter, um, I think there there could be more rotation, and I think also yeah. that the fact that we don't have a game until until that that following Monday does impact things. Um, and then I think you also got to consider Bolton being in the position they are playing a Premier League tie, but also being in that that pack for automatic promotion. They have dilemmas themselves, so it might it'll be interesting to see how rotated both teams are. Um, I think it will be a game of, of good quality. I think 
mentioned Bolton performing the way they are. They play a very good brand of football, a team on the up. Um, yeah, I don't expect this to be, you know, a, I don't see this game as us playing, you know, a real low league team like we have done before. Um, I think they are of championship quality and I don't think that, that can be underestimated. Um, just a quick word on Bolton, Jamie. Um, like us, their fans have had to endure a lot of pain. Club that, that nearly went out of out of existence, like us. Um, it, it's great to see them on the up, enjoying moments again and, and being in this, this promotion race, exciting stuff for them. Um, a, a fan base very, very well backed wherever they've gone. Um, have a chair, chairwoman in, uh, I forgot her name now. Is it Sharon Britton? I think Sharon Britton I'm not sure, that, yeah. that, that saved the club and, and led them to where they are now. Loved like 2020 are loved, uh, in, is what we we uh, used to. They're a club on the up, and it's great to see. I think is is the main message from here. Yeah, for sure. And and I was working in Manchester um, those years ago when when they were struggling in sort of in their version of of, of the doldrums that they're a big club. And I, I think as as much as we are past sales as a big club, I think you can't underestimate how, how hard it is for clubs like Bolton. In that region, there's so many clubs: Bolton, Burnley, Blackburn, Preston. The, the 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 two Manchester teams. Like, it's really hard to get that sort of following um, in in such a congested area. Um, and through for all that pain, they've they've come through the other side. And who knows? I mean, look at what what we've done from going through our period of of pain to become a Premier League team. And I, I don't think you can you can rule, rule out them being one in, in the next five years or so. Um, when you've got the right owner, when you've got the right sort of strategy for, for recruiting players, the, 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 right, the right manager and the, and the right players on and off the field, um, who knows what they can achieve. I think, yeah, I agree with you there. They're certainly championship quality. You look down at, at the bottom end of the championship and... Yeah, they're certainly a better team than your Rotherham's and your Sheffield uh, and your Sheffield Wednesdays. Um, so yeah, it'd, it'd be a tough game, and you can't underestimate them. Um, the, and there's a there's a chance that that we that we could play them next season. Um, hopefully not, because that means we got relegated. But um, yeah, I, I think as I said, it, it, it hopefully we can assert ourselves and uh, and show our quality and uh, and show why we're the um, Premier League team. And Kieran, it's a game of familiar, uh, familiarity in some respects in terms of two players who have recently left Kenilworth Road, be returning in Carlos Mendes Gomez and Cameron Jerome. Uh, but I guess in uh, another way, it, uh, the, the two teams have missed each other um, in our rise and I guess their fall. I don't think we played each other at all, did we? Um, haven't. No. I, can't, I can't pinpoint the last time we played them. Um, so it would be nice to to play a different kind of team. Yeah, I'm gutted it's not a way to be quite honest. Like when I saw the tweet and it was like Bolton at home, I was like, that's a really good team to get. But why can't we get it at the Uni Bowl? Like that would have been really, really good. Like I'd have backed them to sold out a fair amount of seats. We'd have taken a big allocation. Like it would have been a new ground for probably 95% of us. 
that had been a really, really good crack. So, not that I don't want to win on Sunday, but if there's a replay, there will be a little part of me that isn't that disappointed for that exact reason. But we'll cross that bridge at some point. But I think really good team to play against. Um, shows us what they're about. Like top end of League One should be in the championship, the quality they have. Like I said, sort of pre-pod, they, I think they will be in the championship next season. God forbid we're not, but... If we are, then it shows us some quality that we might be up against. And as it goes for Cam Jerome, love him. Love the role he had for us. Gutted when he left. I, <laughs> I There's a little a vision in my head of Carlos Mendes Gomez just slapping a barnstormer in the top corner and trying to shush the half-empty Kenny end. That is just quite funny. <laughs> but that would be... That would just be Pete Luton, wouldn't it? But... Even then, I don't. Mendes Gomez didn't leave on bad terms. He just left because we, we as a team and as a club, developed quicker than he developed as a player, and that's fine. That happens in football. But I hope for his sake, he's in a good place at Bolton, which I trust that he is, and that his development continues to grow as a result. Uh, I've just checked, and the last time we played them was January 1997, also in the FA Cup, where Ooh. we drew 1-1 at home first before losing 6-2 away at Bolton. Um, so hopefully no repeat of that, because as much as I, as much as, as I want to do Bolton away, I don't want to be getting up there losing 6-2. Um, so just, 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 get, just get it done, please, Tyron, and we'll play them in a few years when they're in the Prem. Yeah. Let's get on to some score predictions and I'll start with you, Jamie. I'm going to go for 3-1 Luton. I think it will start difficult. Um, I think we'll probably take the lead and get pegged back. It'll be 1-1 half-time and I think we'll um, yeah, we'll, we'll find it difficult because, because of how good they are. Um, but I think in the end, a, a bit of quality will show. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Luton 3-1. And Kieran, what about you? Oh, see, I'm going to go for a classic Kenny Luton three, Bolton two. Bit more goals, Dion Charles. If you want a little bet builder, I seem to be doing a theme of this at the moment. Three two Luton, Dion Charles first goal scorer, Morris anytime, forty booking points. A Kenny classic, a, a three two a score line um, made famous by by plenty of. Brilliant occasions. I'm going to go more boring. I'm going to go one nil. Um, I think we've alluded to the quality that that Bolton possess. I think they'll give it a real good go. They play a good brand of football. Um, got a good manager in Ian Everett. But yeah, I think they're all round. Uh, I think they're. Uh, I think I've alluded to it enough that I think they're a championship club in the making. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to find things difficult. I think there'll be an element of rotation. And that might take a while for us to, to fully click into gear. But thanks to a Morris goal in 75th minute. How's that for timing? How's that for uh, pinpoint accuracy? I'm going to go 1-0. Well, that is all for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for joining. A big thank you to everyone watching and listening at home. Of course, we are on all social media. Oak Road Hatter on Instagram, we've got oakroadhatter.com. If you've liked today's episode, please like, 
the video, subscribe to the channel and continue sharing our videos. It means a lot to all three of us. And until after this Bolton fixture, where hopefully our name is in the fourth round draw, it is goodbye from us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.